just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy. Glad to have you here. Spiritual gifts. This is a fun topic. <laughs> if if you're more of the charismatic leaning, you're probably quite in tune with this. You're probably maybe even obsessed with, with the spiritual gifts. If you're more on some of the more conservative side of things, you might be terrified of this topic. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We're not going to go to extremes on either one of these. We're, we're going to look at this from a very biblical standpoint, hopefully. Uh, hold us to it. Feel free to go back and, and look in your scripture after we finish this conversation and see if what we said was true. That's always a good rule. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's in the Bible. References to spiritual gifts. Lists of spiritual gifts. Things that we are given uh, by God, empowered by His Spirit, in order to operate. Uh, and I will point out early, not for our benefit as much as for the benefit of the kingdom of God. And that's an important distinction. But I've got someone here who has written a, a book that is out now on it to kind of help walk us through some of this, um, see how it applies to us, uh, hopefully keep us close to Scripture, the the, the spirit of the, the Scripture, the letter of it, uh, to, to guide us. In fact, it's he calls it a blueprint. It's called the Spiritual Gifts Blueprint. Uh, and... and this is going to apply to everyone who calls themselves a, a, a Christian. So, appreciate you guys being here. Good to see you guys here, here watching live. Feel free to be a part of the conversation. Judy, not while you're driving. She says she's driving. Um, <laughs> so, but I appreciate all your kind comments, even when you're watching the replay. The author of this book is Andy Reese. He's the founder and president of an organization called Freedom Prayer. Uh, and he is... Um, <laughs> he's, he's sort of Church of Christ, which makes it even more interesting, but kind of not really Church. Some of these Church of Christ, we've got <laughs> we all. You're, you're, you're the, yeah, uh, don't worry about that. I, I say that only because of the context of our denominational background, very much as a lens at which we look at this topic oftentimes. And, and I want yeah. us to kind of set all of those aside just for a minute. And let's look at the scripture and and see what it means. Andy, great to have you on Life Today Live. Hey, thank you so much. And and let me just say, I have fellowshipped in my, I'm like the Johnny Cash of Christianity. I've been everywhere, man. So <laughs> if you belong to a church, I probably belong to one like that somewhere in my walk. So <laughs> yeah, I, I I hear you, man. I, I, I grew up language. I grew up Southern Baptist until he kindly asked us to leave, and then was sort of non-denominational, kind <laughs> yeah. of crazy cares. Mate, went to Oral Roberts University, <laughs> but went to United Methodist Church and got married there. Came back, did an independent, I've uh, done an open Bible church, and now I'm Presbyterian. Mm. So I'm right yeah. there with you. Uh, but but yeah. let's yeah. get to the spiritual gifts, because what's interesting is when you go through these denominations, you see these manifestations of spiritual gifts in, in different uh, ways. Uh, and sometimes I go, I'm like, I appreciate your background, because you, you, get, you go, okay, look, all these things are valid. Let's sure. put them together and use them. Anyway, where are you going in this blueprint of a book? Well, um, so uh, let's start where, where Paul started with the Corinthians. And, and he basically, I think in the, in the real Greek, it says, you idiots. But I think <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12 says, um, look, guys, I don't want you to be ignorant. And then all the, all the Bibles, well, 
maybe 70% say, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. That is not the word that Paul uses. And that one mistranslation has thrown us all off. Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning, and he uses the word pneumaticos, pneumatic tires, things of the spirit or the structure of the spirit world. His answer to their immaturity and their ignorance was, you need to understand the structure in which God asks you to live. Mm. If you want to grow as a Christian, grow the way God has given you to grow. And that that's the point of the book. Now, it says the spiritual gifts blueprint, but spiritual gifting is kind of one fourth of that structure. And Paul lays out that structure uh, sentence by sentence in four, maybe only two verses right there in First Corinthians 12. And, and I'll, I'll just very, very briefly summarize it for you. Yeah, please do. Yeah, he says, he says, look, there is a, and he uses the same word four times. It, it's translated varieties or distribution. It, it's a, I'm going to tell you what it means now. Plato invented it to say, this is what I do, what I, Plato, do when I look at a subject. I define it end to end, break it into pieces, analyze each piece, put them together, and I understand it. And Paul said, there's a Platonic analysis you can do of charisma gifts and one Holy Spirit. There is a Platonic analysis that you can do of how ministries work and one Jesus. By the way, this is how you connect with the Trinity and grow. There is a variety of, of the ways things get energized, God causing all things to work together if you love him and are called according to his purpose, and one Father. And you go, check, 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 I got it. And Paul says, now, the thing you're all concerned about, tongues and prophecy and, and those those things. There is also a variety or a distribution, or the Holy Spirit distributes the manifestations of the Spirit for the common good. Four categories of things, four different categories. Yet because of the mistranslations and the way it was taught, thank you, Azusa Street, we have taken all four of those things and tried to cram them together. And so you have apostle being in the same list as tongues. And you go, well, those aren't even remotely similar. I mean, what in the world? Now, they are, everything we have is a gift. Okay, my my lack of hair is a gift. Okay, <laughs> everything we have from God is a gift from God. Sure. We didn't earn anything. Sure. And so when we say gift, we, we have to be very careful to, to say, how does Paul define the structure in which we live? And Paul calls charisma gifts, the seven things, he calls it three times, and Peter echoes it, the seven gifts in Romans 12, he calls those charisma gifts. Those are the charisma gifts, okay? And those are the lens that you look at the world through. It's your motivation in any situation. It, it's it's kind of a who you are. And, and in the book, um, um, when you look at everything Peter said and Paul said about it, Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4, I think, uh, you can, you go, oh my gosh, Peter calls these seven things the primary colors of God's grace. Hmm. And you go, okay, so if they're like primary colors, then we can put them together like a rainbow, and I have an arc in that circle. And so I, I did a did a little circle there. Oh, you probably back can't it up. see it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it'd have to go way back. You can hold it up in yours, maybe. Um, yeah, 
there's a little circle. There's the colored one. There's a huge one in the book, black and white. But anyway, yeah, there you go. And everyone has an arc in that circle. And the seven gifts are primarily speaking or serving. So you're primarily one or the other. And then leadership uh, is kind of one of both. And so I can help you find your spiritual gift with two questions. Not, not a spiritual gift test. It's very, very simple. Let me finish the structure, though. Yep. And then Paul says, so that's charisma gifts. And you can find out all about that, my own diuresis analysis, my own platonic analysis in Romans 12. And Peter thought Paul was too complicated, <laughs> so he made it even more simple. <laughs> you can find out all about how the ministry works in Jesus in Ephesians 4. Now, we think that is another list of spiritual gifts, but it's not. It's five offices or leadership positions in the church. But in Ephesians 4, Paul does an amazing job of describing how Jesus measures himself out. The word metron three times. He measures himself out to us. When we work within the measure that we've been given, the body measures up to the fullness of Christ. It's like a no-brainer. If you take all the body parts and assemble them, you don't get Frankenstein, you get Jesus. You know, you, you get you get a body that looks and acts like Jesus, and everyone has their part to play. And Paul goes way out of his way to say, you're not a big shot because you have a speaking gift. In fact, we give more honor to the ones who serve than the ones who speak, because they don't they don't need that much honor, right? And so Ephesians 4, there, there's you know, eight or ten principles in Ephesians 4 about, you say, what what grows the body? Well, what grows the church is smoky worship and and uh, great, great preaching, you know, and parking. Um, but what grows the body, Paul says in Ephesians 4, is ligament relationships in which you speak truth to each other. Hmm. He, he lays it out absolutely clearly. The church is way bigger than the body. I had a friend who, I, I said, how many do you run on Sunday? I know the lingo. And he said, oh, about 2,800. And I said, well, that's a lot. And then I looked at him and I said, how many are in the body? <laughs> and he looked at me and he went, yeah, maybe 700. <laughs> and 700 are connected to each other. Yeah. They're in ligament relationships. They're growing. They're talking to each other. The rest come and go. It may as well be a sports event. You know, it's yeah. it's. We have better food, they stay longer, you know, and so yeah, and so that's Ephesians 4. So varieties of gifts, one spirit, the seven gifts. You each are one of the seven, and you react to every situation from that place. It's a little like you can think the Enneagram. You react out of who you are, and your spiritual gift is you react out of who you are. I could tell examples of that, but maybe later. Yeah, because um, we don't have that much time. So then the then the third thing is there's varieties of energi energizations, but the Father, he he causes all things to work together, right? If you call it according to his purpose and you love him, what is his purpose? Use your gifting in the ministry Jesus has for you. Jesus says, start small. I'll give you, if you're faithful and little, I'll give you much. All the parables make sense in this context. Mm. I'm in the body, I'm a finger, Jesus is the brain. And we're intimately connected. And if I obey him, he strengthens me and gives me more to do. Mm -hmm. But I need to do the things he's called me to do, not the stuff I want to do or stuff some other person says I ought to do. Yeah. I need to say, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Okay, I'll do those things. Then the energizations of the Father, 
stuff just happens. Crazy dad stuff. You know, you a, a kid goes to college, he opens a suitcase, and there's a check and a love note from dad. You know, and you go, yeah, man. You know, and uh, I mean, we all could tell stories about dads rescuing kids, but that's the father. He loves us with the love he loved Jesus. And so he does great stuff. And then the last thing in this four-part structure are what are called the manifestations of the Spirit. Do you know that they are never individually as a group called gifts of the Spirit, never once in Scripture? Hmm. We all we all call those the gifts of the Spirit, or we add them to the list. <laughs> but the Ephesians 4 list is never called gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 is never once called gifts of the Spirit. It's called the manifestations of the Spirit, the phanerosis, the spiritual... And so when we confuse and call those gifts a spirit, and then we read what we're to do with our gifts, the church can't grow. It gets stuck because you're confused about your gifting. You don't understand this relationship with Jesus, and you're not doing what you're called to do. And the Father's like, come on, come on, you can do it. I'll help you. We can stumble into it. But knowing this structure now, I've, I've, I've taught this to two, three hundred people now, college students, and it's crazy what happens. I mean, they... They come back and say, and so the manifestation of the spirit, there's nine of them. And, and they, they kind of come in three categories, tongues, uh, interpretation of tongues and prophecy are, are something else. I, I'm speaking something I don't know, or, or I'm, I'm, I'm right. opening up my spirit that the river is flowing out of me. Tongues gets, gets stuff out of the way so the river can flow out of me. It's a wonderful gift to do that. Um, manifestation. See, there you go. It's called the gift of tongues, but it's, Anyway, yeah. um, then yeah. the next three are word of knowledge, word of wisdom and discerning of spirits. In that level, you know something you shouldn't know, but you know it. Why? Yeah. Because the, they're the power tools. Yeah. The yeah. Holy Spirit gives you what you need in the moment. It's not something you have all the time. It is a power tool because you're on the ladder putting in screws and you need a drill right then. You don't need a saw right then. You yeah. need a drill. Right. And then the top list is faith, miracles and healing. And in those top three, you are changing the laws of nature to bring something about. Mm. And they're not, no one is harder than the other, but it's just easy to think of them in those three categories. Okay. That, that's a lot. There you go. I, I gave you a whole book right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's my question and I'll, and I'll hold yeah. this up because I wasn't holding this up while I was on the camera. There's your, there's your circle that he was talking about yeah. right there on the back of the book yeah. and you can't really see it right now, but the, here's, here's, here's the typical approach. And I know you know this. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look in the scripture and I'm going to take this quiz and um, I may go to this seminar and I'll yeah. pray a little bit and God's going to show me what my special superpower is for, for Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to go call myself that. I'm going to put it on my business card and I'm going to go tell everybody I'm that and I'm going to go do the thing. Right. Is that just the wrong approach? That That is a wrong approach from beginning to end. <laughs> When, when you call yourself pastor so-and-so or evangelist so-and-so, and you use that to promote your ministry, you have taken a wrong turn. Mm. The greatest among us should wash our feet. Mm. When a big prophet stands in front of a church and calls out people and prophesies, two things happen. Everyone thinks, that guy's amazing. I'm going to give money to him. And I could never do that, so I shut down. Yeah. I have seen that. I, I have literally stood up and stopped it in the middle of a church service because I started that church with some others and said, we need to stop right now. I know what you're thinking. Let me do this. And then the pastor was very wonder. the prophet. He said, oh, I am so sorry. 
it goes uh, let let me stimulate the prophecy in you and then and then he he taught them how to prophesy and that it's not hard and anybody can do it and and people came out of there just bubbling just mm -hmm. overflowing with oh my gosh this isn't mysterious it's not hyper spiritual i don't have to use king james english <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know and so um, yeah, so so that's that's a that's a big problem. But the other thing is you don't need to take a test. Here are the two questions. Let's say that. Do we, how much time do we have? Plenty. Oh, plenty. Okay. Here are the two questions. I've tried this these questions on a bunch of college seventy five college kids in a group, and there were tears everywhere. So it was really fun. Mm. I said, okay, I'm coming up to you, and I'm saying, hey, uh, Rob, um, there's a there's a council meeting this Friday, and Typically, the council has has someone give a speech about some item of interest, some some interesting topic, and the person canceled for this Friday. And I know it's Wednesday, but would you be willing to give give that speech? Now, the mayor will be there and probably some leading businessmen doing stuff and the council people, and it will be televised. Um, but <laughs> would you be willing? OK, so, you know, now you're yeah. laughing because, you know, that if if your primary gifting is is in the speaking area, you would go, even if you're young, you'd go, well, even if you're nervous, you'd go, yeah, I, yeah. see, yeah, yeah, I, I I, maybe could do, yeah, I could, I could do it. And your friends would go, do it, do it, you know, do it. And it may not be great, but, but you would do it. If your primary gifting was in the serving area, you would go, not only no, but H no, yeah. I am not, <laughs> right. I, right. I am not going to do that. Right. Um, and okay. your friends would go, no, no, you don't want to do that. You will regret it for years to come. If you do that, <laughs> that, you know, you can make sandwiches and serve them <laughs> council. You, you know, there you could pull out chairs, but don't do that. Yeah. Okay. That one question will divide you into primarily speaking or primarily serving. Mm. Mm. You just read your gut. I, now, I, I, all that, of these, that, all that, of these you hold tentatively. That's, right? that's me and my wife. We're in a small yeah. group now, and uh, my wife they asked me to co-lead the group, and I was like, "Sure, yeah." And they're like, "Can you lead in prayer?" I'm like, "Yeah." Well, you know, can you can you teach on something? Yeah. And my wife is like, "If they call on me and ask me a question in the middle of that, I'm not going back." <laughs> yeah. See, but but if somebody said, "Could could you um, help make apple strudel for the?" They go, "Oh yes," and <laughs> exactly. let's get some girls together, and you know, oh, see, yeah. or some guys and girls, yeah. you know, let's get some. Serving people. Okay, so the second question is, if if speaking is is your primary one, then here's the second question: You have one chance to preach a sermon on Sunday. They give you, you. Would you like to preach a sermon? Would your sermon be, you know, we're a really good church. We do a lot of really really good things. And but but I've noticed that there's this one area that if we could improve in this area, it it holds us back in some ways. And I want to talk about that area and how we can improve in it. If that's your approach, prophet. Okay. The prophet is the one who can see a gravy stain on the bride's dress from the back of the church. Mm -hmm. You know, they they just, uh, you know, and 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 they are all about is it is it right or is it wrong? Mm. Um, but a, a kind, mature prophet understands what's wrong and then moves with Jesus' kindness to bring about change. But they're unerring in mm. in in their their kind of sense of that. Yeah. If your sermon is, man, there's this three-part structure in scripture, <laughs> the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. You can see that in Eve. You can see that in the temptation of Jesus. Yeah. You can see it in the disciplines Jesus gave us. I want to talk to you about that because it'll change your life. Yeah. That's the teacher, ah, right? Okay. See, the teacher is all about true and false. Yeah. 
They're all about, this is what scripture says. And if someone's teaching something that isn't scripture, they just sit and they just, they want to raise their hand in church. They're just squirming. They're, they're just, it's uncomfortable because to them it's blasphemy. It's not just maybe off a little. It is blasphemy. I mean, for the crazy ones. Okay. So that's the teacher. Well, well, okay. Just for example, that that's me. Uh, My dad has what Dennis Prager calls missing tile syndrome, right? He can walk to the Sistine Chapel. Everybody sees beautiful art. He goes, why is that one tile over there missing? That's all he's going to see. Now, that could have been that generation, too, because my dad was that way. (laughs) Okay, so the last one, if your sermon is, man, there's people in this church who do things that no one realizes because they're hidden. Mm -hmm. They're not up front talking like the rest of us blabbermouths. They're hidden doing great things. But we have a secret quest today. I position people next to each one so they don't run out of the church in terror (laughs) and everyone be quiet because someone is coming up the stairs now who does children's church. And I'm going to describe them. And I have friends who will describe what they do. And we're going to bring them up here and give them a free dinner at their favorite restaurant and just love them because they don't get enough honor. It's church. And we want to give honor to the one whom honor is due, the one who lacks honor. We're going to give honor. See, that's the one who exhorts, okay, the uh, exhorter. Because uh, they're all about looking around and saying, uh, are you are you being fulfilled in your calling and in your gifting or not? Yeah. And how can I help you get there? Okay, right? yeah. So each of the three speakers have a little different approach to what they see and what they talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're not just all one. You could be like like I'm I'm mostly exhorter, but my arc goes into teacher. That's why there's arcs there. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not just one of seven things. Those seven things are like the primary colors of the rainbow. But there's a bazillion colors in the rainbow. We've just given them seven primary names to help us sort them out. Yeah. But there's a bazillion different ways of doing it. So don't say I'm a teacher. I got to be like him. Right. You can say he's a he's a He's a red heading toward purple, and I'm a bright red heading toward yellow. We're both teachers, but, you know, we're, okay. So that's that's those three. And okay. so then you can do it. Now, on the serving side, yeah, yeah, yeah. here's here's the, the one question that we'd ask on the serving side. You're part of a wait staff, big fancy table, big fancy restaurant, bunch of business people celebrating a great year. They've ordered frou-frou drinks. The frou-frou drinks are late. They're looking at you. These are drinks with little parasols in them, those those kind of drinks, you know. And and out comes one of the young waiters on your team with a tray full of these drinks. And and the people at the table look over them like, ah, oh, finally, and they're they're happy, happy. The guy's walking toward the table, he slips on something, falls forward, the tray tips forward, all the drinks go on the floor with a crash and a clatter and a splash, some of the fluids going under the table. The restaurant just hushes. Everybody at the table is glaring at the waiter. The waiter is standing there just looking at the mess. And you're standing about five feet from the waiter. Mm -hmm. Here's the question. What do you do first? Well, well, what do you do? Now, a Christian would always see that the waiter's not hurt. But what do you you take responsibility for doing? Mm -hmm. One, you might say, I'm going to go straight to the waiter and make sure they're okay. I'm going to put my arm around him, and I'm going to say, look, man, anybody could have done this. Now, this is somebody whose primary gift is serving. Now, primary speaking, you would do something too, but for primary serving, they are compelled to do this. They don't even think. They just move, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the one who shows mercy. Mm-hmm. Is showing mercy to that person 
so they're not wounded and so they're healed and they can be joyful is job one mm. everything else doesn't matter hmm. okay yeah. if you go to the mess you go there's there's broken glass it's a mess we got to clean up this mess get a mop you know we got to clean up this mess then your primary gifting is serving because hmm. you want to do the practical thing that needs doing right away you got to do it you know they're the one who when there's a party they go around picking up dishes and bringing them to the kitchen you know it's like they're they're that they're just they're always serving and they love doing it they're yeah. not just being mother Teresa. they're yeah. Well, she loved it too. Right, right, right. No, I get it. Okay. And then if you go, they order drinks and they don't have drinks. And you say to the table, I'm going to comp the drinks if I got to take it out of my salary. And I'm going to go get drinks for you because you ordered drinks and I'm so sorry. And you go back to get drinks. You're the one who gives. Because ah. one who gives says, what is missing? Mm. What needs to be given? What of great value needs to be given or resourced for this thing to happen that needs to happen. And, and you make sure it gets done somehow and God gives you resources to do it. So when you look at those now, if, if you look at you go, well, there's a mess and the guy looks bad and we got to go to the kitchen. Um, Joe, clean up the mess, Bobby, no, hey, put, put your armor on the guy and say, Bobby, go back and get more drinks. You're the leader. You're yeah. like, yeah. You, you grab every waiter in the yeah. restaurant <laughs> and you tell them all what to do because something needs to happen and you're going to organize it because you're compelled to organize it. You cannot not be, <laughs> yeah, right? It right, just, right. you cannot not do it. And so when you think about yourself in those questions, yeah. Yeah. Um, you zero in on the primary motivation that you have. Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty easy. It's pretty simple. No, I, I, I think everybody watching or listening has at some point gone, oh yeah, that's me. I, yeah, I, I would, so I would do that. <clears throat> uh, so here's, here's a question. Um, well, a couple of questions. First yeah. one's, should be easy. Does everyone need to be all of these? Does everybody what need need to be all of these? In other words, should oh, no, we no, feel guilty if we're not one of these other ones? Right? I mean, no, no, you're only one. You're only one. Okay. See, I, that, that's that's why the body is made up of all these different parts. Because if I were all of them, I wouldn't need you. Right. Okay. Oh, now that's right? a great. You're point. only you're only one thing for life. Okay. Now you can go visit another one. When the tornado hit Nashville, we all became ones who serve right, and, and we right. did that. But then we went back. You live one place and you can visit another. Right. And and the gifts actually match across a circle. The serving and the speaking gifts actually match across a circle. Yeah. You have the basic same motivation. The one who on the serving side does it through action. The one on the speaking side does it through speaking. Yeah. I, I can imagine that the prophet would be the one that would organize everybody and lead if to tell everybody what to do to clean up the mess, right? No, the leader would. Oh, the leader. Well, the leader on the servant side. <clears throat> but so if 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 someone whose gift was speaking and yeah. they had to fulfill that role. Well, if they had to, any of the speakers could, they, but but the leader can speak and or he sees he sees how to solve a problem instantaneously. Okay. The prophet sees that there's a problem instantaneously. Uh, okay. And the best thing that uh, on the circle, you can see who's on either side of the leader in the circle. On either side, on either side of the leader is the prophet and the one who gives, mm. Mm. right? Because that's what the leader needs in his team. Yeah. And he's one who knows how to resource and organize and thrive. And he knows one who's who needs to see where we're going, what we're needing to do. What's the vision that we have? Well, and one who will speak truth to him to keep yeah. him on track, which a lot of yeah. leaders don't have because they don't like that. That's right. <laughs> okay. And then the, the next question then um, would be, 
If, let me let me say one more thing about that. Okay, yeah, go if, ahead. Go ahead. If, you, if you had to switch giftings three or four times in life, you'd have to start over again, right? Because the, the ministry with Jesus is a ministry where you start small and grow big. If huh. you're faithful little, I'll give you much. Huh. But you can't be skillfully faithful and little and then shift your gift to a whole different gift because in a sense, you kind of got to learn the ropes all over again. It'd be horrible. Okay. A really good speaker doesn't suddenly stop speaking and then start serving. You know, another, it, it just, it just doesn't work that way. God rewards you for faithfulness by growing you in your gifting and your calling. Oh, that's good. Okay. That's how we grow in the kingdom. So my, my second question would be how much of this would be tied to what we think of as our personality, our natural, uh -huh. right? Yeah. I mean, is, is, is it all the same? And we just don't always realize it because we don't always apply it spiritually. Yeah. There's a there's a whole section in the book on that. I studied that forever. I wrote this book for ten years, so I studied that forever. Um, and there's there's a lot of different theories in the book. I talk about three or four theories, and I, I won't I won't bore you with them. But the reality is is that our spiritual gift lies within our spirit. Our spirit flows up through our soul and out into the world. Our soul colors our gifting. So your personality colors the way your gifting mm -hmm. flows, but it doesn't change your gifting, right? Now, you would guess that most speaking gifts have personalities that can accommodate that, but that's not always the case. Hmm. Uh, my wife is an Enneagram 9, and her gift is giving, and she gives gently and quietly. I'm a 3, a boisterous, aggressive 3, and my gift is exhortation. I'm insufferable sometimes. <laughs> it's like, would you just shut up? Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, they work together. Uh, very interesting. And one one doesn't displace the other, and that's that's a big mistake when I think this is just your personality because my spiritual gift is imbued by the Spirit to accomplish things I can't accomplish just within myself. And okay, so let me how how much of of the these things. I mean, I, I kind of set it up front, but yet I think, I don't know, there's a level of fulfillment personally when I understand this, when I walk in it, but the, yeah. but the purpose is not just for me. How much of this is, you know, for the kingdom, for God, and, and how much of this is for us as well? Is it just, is it not an either right. or, but a both end? <laughs> right. So, so remember the parable of the minas and the tares and, and God said, because you've been faithful in little, faithful to me mm -hmm. in little, I will give you much. Mm. God gives us much when, when it won't destroy our character and our humility. We learn humility by serving quietly, faithfully with our gifting. And God says, then I can trust you. Oh. God will not take a young preacher. Now man will, but God won't take a young preacher who's amazing, stick him in front of of 10,000 people and then Satan will come and cause him to have a, a sexual falling with. Yeah. I mean, I just saw that in a major leader in America last week. And it's just like, oh my gosh, the, the sexual issues. So character grows as we use our gifting humbly to serve mm. the parable of the minus, the talents, um, if you're faithful in little, if you're faithful with money, if you're faithful in that which belongs to another, Jesus said, I'll give you much, I'll give you spiritual authority, and I'll give you your own. Yeah, and unfortunately, hmm, 
We almost right. idolize some of these spiritual gifts to the yeah, point where we, do we promote because, people too fast. Because yeah. people who have great talents and especially great speaking abilities use those to build themselves a ministry. Yeah. And and Jesus had incredible teaching things, but he washed feet. A ministry will occur, but it occurs despite you, despite <laughs> you trying to grow it. Right, right, right. Right, uh, because God grows it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Hmm. If I'm building the house, God says, go ahead, build your house. It will be great, but it will never be glorious. Mm. And there's a huge difference between mm. those. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, growing up around ministry all my, my whole life, not just yeah. this one, but seeing a lot. I've, I, I really understand the truth of what you're saying right now. Yeah. Uh, and people that are on the early side of it, uh, need to hear that real loud and clear. Yeah, I yeah. and they kind of think, especially I was just with a guy who's just incredibly anointed for teaching, yeah. and I just said, "Bro, you have got to, you've got to humble yourself uh-huh. in this church and give other people chances to use their speaking gift too, because they're all going to leave mm. because they can't be like you." Mm. Encourage them they don't have to be like you, or why would they need anybody but you? Mm. Encourage them that there are many voices. You have many teachers. I don't. You conform to the one you listen to. If I listen to Jesus in 10 people, I conform to Jesus. If I listen to one person who's inserted himself between the word and me, I conform to him. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's apostasy. Yeah. We don't want to do it. We don't think we're doing it. We don't start out doing it. But we have character flaws we haven't dealt with. Mm-hmm. And it's the character flaws that destroy the that the actual impact of our gifting. Hmm. Well, that's true. We see it. You don't have to look far to see that. Okay. This is the book, yeah. The Spiritual Gifts Blueprint, available now by Andy yeah. Reese. And I'll show you one more thing real quick. This is andyreese.org. So you can check out his website there. Um, we, we You look... You look great in your photo. The the video is a little dark. So, uh, well, <laughs> wow, I was younger and more handsome then. Uh... <laughs> no, this is really good uh, and beneficial, and I, I think anybody, and not just people who are in ministry, yeah. And I say that meaning vocational ministry, ministry as a job, like I am, like you are, because we're all in ministry, whether you know it or not. Sure. And, and God wants to. Use yeah. our the things he's already put in us to bring them out in the spiritual structure that Andy's sure. talking about for his glory. And it's interesting because when we when we seek our own glory, there may be some short term uh, fulfillment sure. and, and happiness, yeah. but it ah man, it, it always snaps. But when yeah. we use those gifts for his glory, yeah, that's the long term. That's the satisfying thing. That's yeah. the thing that stands. You know, yeah. that's building and on. and when we understand the structure, confusion disappears. Mm-hmm. I, I I've taught this now to three hundred people, and crazy results have come out of it because we don't get rid of everything. We just put it on the right shelf. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 don't think. Ephesians 4 is gifts. No, it's it's how we minister. The word charisma is never in that scripture anywhere. <laughs> but the word gift is, but it's a totally different word. And it's used a different way. But when we put it on the shelf of, oh, I have a ministry, I don't get confused then. I, I, I go, oh my gosh, this makes sense. When I look at where Paul uses the word charisma and not where I've used it, I go, 
oh my gosh, these set these seven things, this arc, these colors, this makes total sense. I, yeah. And then tongues make sense. Then prophecy makes sense. A word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. You go, I I need power tools. I can't I can't do this with, with a handsaw. And the Holy Spirit goes, that's my boy. I'll give you what you need because now you can handle it. All right. Now you can handle this, it. This is good. This is where I should stop. But I'm going to throw that bombshell of a question here at the end because I'm curious. I should I should ask you this after we go off the air. No, no, go ahead. But you, you know what? You guys watching, you can you can Okay. What do you think when when he says, you know, when he talks about tongues and stuff going away, the cessationist argument uh and, and then these three things will stand faith, hope and love. Um when that which is perfect has come, that's yeah. sort of the crux, the debate. Do you have any right. strong feelings or maybe just mild opinions as to what that which is perfect <laughs> is? Well, I, I I think that when you say the scripture is the perfect, you're missing the point. Um, and are you really willing to say that 700 million people around the earth are wrong and are you willing to say that that people for whom tongues is is a wonderful connection a wonderful way to pray and paul says you can all pray in tongues and it doesn't seem like he's saying you know don't right um i think maybe the problem is how we've defined tongues and how we've seen it practiced and yeah. it becomes extraordinarily unattractive to us in a church service where everybody's speaking in tongues. We're the Corinthians. We're doing you we're doing the you idiot things in so many places. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But uh I, I was in a Church of Christ university teaching this, and a guy said, How do you speak in tongues? And I tongues, now this is gonna be sound crazy. Tongues is a human capability. Any human can speak in tongues, and it has nothing to do with, with a manifestation of tongues. It has to do with how we handle our prefrontal cortex. Hmm. If you you can see, uh, uh, they, did, they did brain scans of people worshiping and then speaking in tongues, and when they spoke in tongues, this part got dark in the scan. But when jazz musicians were jazzing, were, were jamming, this part got dark yeah, too. Yeah, same thing, yeah. Okay. And when you think about it and then you study the science of it, uh, there's uh, some scientists who said Christians have this cute little idea that only they speak in tongues. My goodness. You can go on the website and there's a there's a woman with 14 million views speaking fake other languages <laughs> sounding just like a language. And she's talking in tongues using her prefrontal <laughs> cortex being dark. So well, I, I, you're saying that tongues are basically charismatic jazz. Nope. I'm not saying that. No, I, I'm saying that God, uh, look, at inside of our spirit is a river that is trying to get out and it hits our soul and it gets blocked. Hmm. Remember, Paul talks about the, the psychicos, the psychological man and the spiritual man. And he says a psychological man does not understand the spiritual man. Hmm. It's foolishness to him. But the spiritual man understands all things. And yet he is not rightly appraised, rightly valued by the psychicos man. There's three kinds of men, psychicos, the flesh man. All of us go, we ain't going to be a flesh man. Mm -hmm. But we have gravitated to being the mind person, the mind, the will, and the emotions. Uh, um, hermeneutics and, and epigetical looks at things is, is all the thing. But God said, no, it's the spirit that is the master. 
The soul is the servant, the steward, and the body is the slave. And when I make the soul the master, I, I will never, ever, ever achieve in the spirit what I need to achieve. But tongues goes right into the master and confuses him. And the master has to yield to tongues. And when that happens, it opens up that flow in your spirit to all the other gifts of the spirit, all the other manifestations of the spirit. I mean, it, your soul begins to open up. I've seen it tons and tons of times now. I, I don't know, hundreds of times. We started a church and everybody there learned this and began to do it. And they came back with just crazy fun stories of now manifestation of spirit are occurring out, out, in, out in, a, in a store. Speaking, speaking a word of, of encouragement to a store clerk yeah. and they burst into tears. Yeah. And yeah. 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 How did you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right? right. Right. That started because tongues took their brain and made it the steward. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and tongues has a lot of other uses too, but that's just one. And when we call it foolishness, it's because we're foolish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd really that, foolish, that, but foolish. It's very interesting. And, and I mean, with your background, similar to mine, the the re, and I, I know this, so I try not to do it. But when we see sort of excesses, um, yeah. or in my case, because I'm a five on the enneagram, if that tells you anything, something I don't understand, you have a tendency. I mean, I have a tendency both to try to understand it, to explore it, right, yeah. but also mm -hmm. sometimes a tendency to back off if I see something that I think is an extreme or unattractive, uh, yeah. and that can cause me to maybe miss some things and rely too yeah. much on my own understanding, which scripture tells me. Not yeah. To <laughs> um, I remember um, Bill Johnson said jerks can be anointed. <laughs> that said it doesn't take maturity to have that manifestation spirit flow through your life. Mm. He said you, you need the character along with the use of manifestations or you're going to be a Corinthian. Mm. You're going to mess up, talk over somebody, put somebody down, yeah. lab, show off, and and it's going to be that culture. I think, I think First Corinthians is in the Bible to tell us to quit it, yeah. to grow yeah. up. <laughs> Don't do it. All right, all right. You're going to have to if you're watching or listening. You're just going to have to to pick up the book. There it is, a spiritual gifts blueprint by Andy Reese. You can go to andyreese.org because as as you can tell, this is a. I mean, this is like a whole semester course on. Yeah applying scripture and living it out and doing yeah. it in a way that is healthy, both for you and for the body of Christ. Yeah. And well, it's a beautiful thing. So, um, Andy, I appreciate your time. I appreciate good your news. expertise. The really good news is, sorry, That's the really right. good news is, is there is a study guide, which I... It's not going to focus on. Uh, well, it's not going to focus on it. The website? Oh, well, you because got your, I have you my got background, background blur on. Okay. Is it on the website? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it is on the website. Okay. But the study guide is is designed exactly to answer that question, which is this seems too complicated for any of us to lead a Bible study in this, <laughs> but we all would like to study it. Yeah. Right. And the study guide is you don't have to know anything other than how to ask questions with the study guide to, okay. to do. It. So it's designed uh, to do just that. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Thank you for your time, man. And, and I told you well, 20, you. 25 minutes, and we've gone almost 45. And it just flew by. And, and this is great. We have the, the flexibility I, and the fun. So Yeah. Well, thank you. It's a complicated topic. And, man, we didn't even get into a lot of stuff. But it's all in the book. And okay, there are good. 
There are appendices to answer the hard questions you would ask in the book as well. So, well, great, yeah. uh, and I appreciate that. Um, and the, again, the, I say this a lot on the program. The, the book—I'm not here to sell books. I get no cut yeah. of any of these books. Um, This—it's a resource to help you grow spiritually. Yeah, that's that's, all that's it what is. we're here for. Appreciate you guys out there watching. Thanks again, Andy, for being with us. AndyReese.org, so uh, and there's the book one more time. If you haven't liked, follow, subscribe, please do that. Hit that share button, let other people know. Come back tomorrow. We've got more for you here on Life Today Live. Okay, you done?